Hey, yeah. we've got a uh, a young, big-time star, Drag Racing, coming on right now. She is the newly crowned world champion for top alcohol dragster for the NHRA, and we're proud of her because she's from Kansas City. Megan Meyer is joining us right now after a huge 2019 season. Congratulations, Megan. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be on. Well, happy to have you. Boy, I, uh, this is uh, a big championship. You won seven events this year, including four national events, but some big-time races, the U.S. Nationals, the Gator Nationals, and here most recently down at Charlotte to uh, wrap up the championship. Uh, that Did you go into the season thinking that things would turn out the way it did? Uh, anything surprise you along the way? You know, we try to always have the mindset of, at the end of the year, we want the championship whenever we go into the beginning of the season. So, um, you know, my first race was the Gator Nationals, and we got the win. So that's just the perfect way to start off the season and just jump ahead in points. And then from there, you know, our whole team, which consisted of five different drivers, we had so much success with each driver, and every single one of them got at least one win this year, um, and that includes my little sister, Rachel, who's two years younger than me. And so, you know, just for our entire team, this was by far the best year we ever had, and um, we made it to the final round between, you know, having at least one of our cars. Sometimes it was both cars in the finals at almost every single race we went to this year, so it just hats off to my dad and our whole crew for just giving us really great race cars to make our job look easy of driving. <laughs> hey, Megan, this is Scott Trailer. I, I got to ask you, you know, you made a comment. Everybody always thinks about climbing the ladder and getting to the highest uh, uh, point of the sport. You made a comment, I think it was just recently after your last win, it said that I love this class and that you don't want to be a top fuel a driver that you're totally content on being a top alcohol dragster driver. Tell us why that is the case. Is is it because you and your dad and the history in that division and what it means so much to you? Yeah, that's completely it. And you know, I get asked almost every single day, when am I going to jump up or if I want to move up to top fuel ranks? And Growing up, you know, that was really cool and watching it grow, especially with female drivers getting into that class. And there was a time where I did want to be a top field driver. But then, um, so I graduated from college in 2015. So 2016 was my first full season as a race car driver and in the top alcohol ranks. And I just absolutely loved it. You know, that was what my dad did. And that's what I always wanted to do. You know, I always wanted to do what my dad did. And the guys that I race with today are the same guys that raced against my dad years ago, and I've known them almost my whole life. And so I have such a great relationship with everybody at the track that's in our class or even in the other sports and classes that have helped me get to this point. So, and also I'm racing with my family, so why would I want to leave that, you know? And down the road, um, you know, it could be to where I'm the owner of the team and I'm – you know, because right now I'm just the manager, and I just kind of, you know, tell everybody what to do, but later on it could be my team. So I want to stick with it and, and be with my family and be with our guys because I have such a great relationship with every single crew guy that's on our team and all our drivers. 
you know, why would I want to leave that just for five seconds of fame in a top fuel car? Yeah, because let me, let, me, let me just follow up real quick with that. You said something there that stood out. If you end up becoming the owner, because eventually your dad, you know, he'll want to retire or take a lesser role and, and mm -hmm. hand over the company to you. Would, would it be your goal to look out for young ladies that are coming up through the sport, or would it be who's just the best driver available for you? Or is there a special message by being a young lady and having the success in our sport? I would say it's a little bit of both. You know, growing up with me and my sister, we were always extremely competitive. And so I do see that in um, female racers today. And our team is four out of five drivers are girls. And the reason for that is, as my dad says, is that girls have less baggage than guys do, which I think is hilarious because usually guys mm. say it's the other way around. <laughs> right, but, right. Um, you know, and some people will say, like, oh, girls have better reaction times, which I don't really believe that. You know, there's been so many times where I've lost because I've had bad lights or on a whole shot or I've red lit, something like that. So the, that's not, you know, the car doesn't know who the driver is. It doesn't know if it's a female or a male. It's just going to go fast. So we look for someone who has the talent and skills, someone that has on-track experience, someone that knows and understands how the motor works and how to drive with a clutch because we've had drivers on our team before that have never driven a car, even a daily driver with a clutch in it before. Mm. And they just don't understand how it works. And we have to go through reversers and, you know, gears and all that stuff in the rear end because they just don't understand how to drive with a clutch. So, you know, we look for the people that have the best skill and the best talent, someone that, grew up racing, you know, that has a lot of track experience throughout the years. We don't want someone that's just green that, you know, they might have enough funding, but if they don't have experience, it's really not worth it. So we've been able to really fine-tune our program whenever it comes to selecting drivers. And my dad started um, the Rent-to-Ride program, what we call it, back in the early 2000s. So we've been doing it for a long time. And you know, each year we just get a little bit better drivers each year. So we've been able to, um, you know, have the best drivers on our team this year that I think we've ever had before. And, you know, I'm a little biased because I think me and my sister are the best out of all of them. <laughs> but that's yeah. just because we've been doing it the longest. So <laughs> so I, ideally what the best thing is to find a talented driver that has the resources. I mean, if you have a rent-a-ride program, the ideal thing – and I know because I travel with the series with a bunch of young drivers. And, you know, a lot of people think that these young kids, they come in and they're by the rides. And I'm not saying that that isn't true sometimes. But the fact is some of these young kids that have the money, wherever that money comes from, relationships, their parents, family members, it doesn't matter where it comes from. A lot of times these drivers have a lot of talent and they're just fortunate to have the resources to go with it. And I'm sure as a team owner, that's the ideal situation for yourself. It is, and, you know, there are times where there's really good drivers that just can't get enough funding. And the reason why um, we opened up our team to this Rent-A-Ride program is because we understood the fact that not everybody can afford to own their own team, to travel to all the races, buy a truck and trailer, hire crew guys to work on the cars, and then buy all the parts and fuel and oil and tires and spark plugs and everything that goes into it because you have to tear the motor down after every single run and put a brand-new clutch pack every single time. 
And a lot of people just don't have enough funding to do that entire program. So, you know, of course we want to see the sport grow. We love the competition. And so we opened up our cars, um, and we have the second car available now since my dad has retired from driving. It opened up a full-time ride for drivers to come in and compete alongside me. And so it's helped us, you know, grow as a team. It's helped them become better drivers. Um, and it's also helped us with points because they're able to go to a race and, you know, block a competitor for me and make sure they don't pass around if they get the chance to run against them. Um, and if it is someone that you, we know is a really great driver, but they don't have enough funding to be able to afford a full season of driving, you know, we have really great relationships with sponsors and people in the industry that we can kind of direct them or put them in the right direction to build a relationship with a company that we think they would be a good fit for. And so, you know, we provide those opportunities too if it is if it is someone that we really love to be on our team. But you're right, the ideal situation is for someone to be an excellent driver and to have enough funding to be able to do a full-time ride and, um, you know, Julie's a great example of that, and she gets her money from her dad, which, you know, that's, like you said, it doesn't matter where the money comes from, but he's such a great guy, and he used to drag race, so he loves the sport, and he's happy to see her get into it. Um, and she's number four in the world right now, so it's just really great for her to have this opportunity. Uh, talk about these head-to-head battles you've had with your sister, Rachel. Uh, has she yeah. been able to get one up on you here sometimes? Talk about that a little bit. She she did get one win over me, and she's going to hold it over my head for the rest of our lives. But um, every <laughs> single time, except for that one, I've beat her, which I think is right because I'm the older one. So, <laughs> yeah. But it's so fun racing against her. Growing up, we did um, – sports and activities and, you know, anything in school, we did it all exactly at the same time together. You know, we had to wait till she was old enough and then both of us would do it. And that's how it was with racing. And, you know, even growing up, whenever we got our driver's licenses and my dad pretty much just gave us the keys to the our dually and trailer and said, here you go. If you guys want to race, you're on your own because I'm going to go do my own thing. And so we would have to, you know, take care of the cars ourselves, drive the rig to the trailer, to the track, and then find someone to find another parent to start the cars for us and set the idle. And then we could pretty much do everything else on our own. But it taught us to really have that dedication to the sport and that competition. And we, you know, still are like that to this day. We get along much better now because we've, <laughs> we've moved away from each other and have some time apart, whereas, like, you know, back then where we're together almost every single day, we did not get along very well. But it's so cool just to see our transition and how our relationship has grown to where we've been at each other's throats, and now it's like we cheer for each other, and we both want to raise each other so bad so we can just keep this competition going on. Wow, that's great stuff right there. Uh, so listen, U.S. Nationals, that's big. But how about winning the 50th Gator Nationals? Anytime it's the 50th and you win it, that's a pretty big deal. It is. And, um, you know, it was so cool because they had um, all the past legends at that race. And, and they got to do a little um, 
head or head to head race on the track with like some Toyota Camrys that they rented out, and they had like every single drag racing class there. So it was so awesome just to be able to be a part of that whole experience, and then to come out on top at the end of the race. Um, it was my first time winning the Gator Nationals which that's always a race that we've done really well at. My dad has won there many times before. Um, that was my very first race when I started back in 2016, and I ended up with second place. So it was cool just to be able to, you know, on my debut, go to the final round, but then fall short. So then to finally be able to close that and get that win was so awesome. And, um, you know, I just love racing there. It's beautiful weather down there. It's, you know, we go there in March in Florida, so it's warm. We're back home. It's still snowing out here probably. So it's just so awesome just to be able to go to our first race of the year, go someplace warm, and just have a great time and go racing. Hey, Megan, I want to ask you about uh, locally uh, drag racing. Uh, KCIR has been closed for years. You grew up around that racetrack. Your thoughts about uh, the new uh, drag strip they're constructing out in Odessa at I-70 Motorsports Complex. I think it's great. It's wonderful. Um, I loved KCIR. You know, that was where we went to race junior dragsters. It was only about 45 minutes away from us, and we would go there every Wednesday and Friday night, almost every single week. I remember um, they would have test in two nights, and then we would race Saturdays and Sundays, and so it was just a blast. And, you know, we made so many friends out there, and it's so cool to see – um, you know, most of them got out of racing whenever they turned 16 or 18. You know, they found other sports that they loved. But a lot of the kids that did stay in it after they aged out of it, they're still in the sport today. And it, whether they're racing or they're crewmen on a top fuel car or, you know, an engineer or something like that, they're still in the sport. So it's really cool just to be able to keep a connection with them. And we have Facebook groups where, you know, we still have everybody that was a part of the KCIR community. We still communicate. And so it's just so great to be able to see it come back to life in Odessa. And, um, you know, I know Chris Payne, who's the owner of that track in Topeka, and he's going to do as great of a job he can to restore it. And I know it's just going to be a great facility, and it's going to be, you know, Topeka is about an hour away from us now, and it's a really great track. Um, so it's just so awesome just to be able to have another one close to us that's in our backyard that we can go and race at, whether, you know, it's a bracket race or if we want to take our, our top alcohol car there and go testing, you know. It's awesome for us to have that opportunity and just to be able to keep the drag racing community going on in Kansas City. Yep, we're visiting with Megan Myers. She picked up the win at Charlotte to lock up the 2019 Top Alcohol Dragster Championship. And I got to ask you, because you know our industry is kind of fragile right now on our side of things. We we cover a lot of oval track racing, but we also uh, keep really in tune with what's going on drag racing. And uh, John Forrest has been in our studio and Schumacher. We we have a great rapport with the folks at NHRA, but I don't know if NHRA is the same as it is with other forms of motorsports, but right now we're having a tough time keeping young people involved in the sport or getting the new people to come in and replace some of us old gray-haired guys, right? We're all getting older. It, are the challenges the same in, in drag racing as they are in other forms of racing? And I say that because cars today – Young people can't work on their cars like they did when I was growing up. You can't take a wrench, go out there and fix your car. You've got to take it to a dealership. They're so, 
they're so complicated. Are you dealing with the same set of issues on that side of the fence, on the drag side, drag racing side of fence as we are on other forms? Yeah, I agree. And you know what? I got to be honest. I'm not much better than anybody else when it comes to working on a regular car. You know, we're spoiled with our dragsters because the motor's just wide open and it's so simple because the technology on the components to build that motor hasn't changed in probably 50 years. So um, to go from that to like my daily driver's a RAV4, you know, I could change the oil and a spark plug, but that's about it on my car. But, um, you know, that problem is growing and we do see it in drag racing. Um, but that's where we like to, you know, encourage the junior dragster program because that's what got us involved in the sport, and I absolutely loved it. Like, if I could go back in time and redo that all over again, I would in a heartbeat. Um, you know, and it's just so cool because NHRA changed the rules. Whenever um, we were racing junior dragsters, the the age limit was eight years old. Now it's five years old. So they're trying to get more young people involved in the sport and starting them at a young age. And, um, you know, we do have a lot of little kids that we see um, as fans that will come up to us and they just think it's the coolest thing in the world. And so we always try to encourage them and, you know, give them spark plug souvenirs that were used or, you know, maybe let them sit in the car and take a picture just to make their experience more. And, you know, like I know other sports like NASCAR, it's very limited. Like you can't go up to the car. So that's why we love drag racing because every ticket is a pit pass. And mm-hmm. I think NHRA does a great job of promoting that. Um, but we, you know, it is hard to be able to get the new generation coming in. Um, I like to go to some high schools, and I used to do it a lot early on, go to schools and um, go to conferences to actually talk to teachers and bring my junior dragster with me to show them, you know, how I got started racing and, and show the kids you know, this is a sport that you can do. This is a career. Girls can do it just as much as guys can do it. Right, um, right. But, yeah, you know, it is it is hard, but we got to get more creative. we got to get yep. more involved with schools and get them to the track. Yeah. Well, thanks for taking the time with us today on Track Talk. We'll be following you, and good luck in 2020. Um, hopefully you can go back to back and if you do so if you pick up some big wins we hope to have you back on the show in the future thanks so much for taking the time with us thank you very much and And yes i'm very much looking forward to 2020 i really hope we can do it again that'd be awesome and one of those wins we want to celebrate is over here at heartland motorsports park in topeka that'd be big too wouldn't it that'd be big yeah it is yes we won the regional there um this summer but you know we've actually done not very good when it comes to the national event there just because we get distracted with everybody <laughs> around us, all our family and friends. So that's one of the races that we really haven't done that great at. So that is definitely one that I want to win next year. <laughs> we'll hey, be there now, to watch how, how would people follow you on your social media? How would they follow you? They can look me up on Instagram and Facebook. My handle is MeganMeyer.Racing. We are on Twitter as Meyer Sisters. And then we have separate pages for the whole team. So if they want to follow all of our drivers and see what's going on, like they're out in Vegas right now racing with Julie, um, just look up Randy Meyer Racing on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. 
and then they can always go to our websites for um, for our schedules, TV TV times that will be on Fox Sports One and Two, and just latest news, merchandise, all that kind of stuff. You know, I can see why you're the manager of the team, and I think you're going to be in good hands no when the keys are handed over to you. So great job today on the show. Awesome. Looking forward to follow, following your career. Thanks so much again. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Megan. Thanks, Megan. Congratulations to you. Thank you. All right. There she Man, that was un. That was outstanding. That was good stuff. Yeah, Megan man, I love Meyer. that, man. It's wow. Bright business mind. Um, you can tell that uh, her dad, she's been listening to him. He's a he's a smart businessman on and off the track. And obviously she's picked up on a lot of his off the track uh, abilities to uh, understand the business and what it takes to be successful. So that was really good stuff. That interview right was I, I, as we'll good as her. I, and, and you know what? Right. I really appreciate the loyalty to her division. Yep. You know, as you know, Kirk, I'm all about the loyalty, right? And um, I love the sound of her commitment to top alcohol dragsters and what it means to her and her family, staying true to the roots to her family. I love it. Just absolutely love that. that I'll it's tell you not, what, she she was as good right there as any nitro professional driver in NHRA we've ever talked to. I mean, that yeah, was no doubt. Yeah, outstanding. Sure. So congratulations to her. And uh, you can tell that they got the corporate sponsorship there with the NGK Spark Plugs and some other sponsorships on there. So uh, very impressive what they've been able to put together in the NHRA. Congratulations. We're proud. Because they're cheap. they're mm-hmm. Kansas City folks, so it's great. That's right. So if you're out there following her, uh, do that. You heard all of her social media uh, contacts. Check her out, and heck, if you want to be involved with that team, I, you know what might not be a bad investment. It looks like yep. they're going to service the sponsors that get involved with their team pretty good. So that's uh, really good stuff. And, and you know right. these these alcohol dragsters are. Uh, you know, they're powerful machines. I mean, if you watch them, they're different than oh. the nitro cars because they rev them up at the start line before they let the clutch out and go. But you, it can be argued that it takes a little more, even maybe more skill to drive these types of cars than it does those nitro cars in a lot of ways.